0: Good afternoon. Okay, I'm starting to see people filter in. It's good to see you all. Good afternoon on this Friday. It's almost the weekend, summertime. I'm sure everybody's ready to to get off of work and be able to have some time with the family and with your kids. I'm assuming we have a lot of parents here uh, because of this topic. This is a hot, hot topic that we get a lot of questions about, and it's parenting. I mean, parenting is no joke and as people are filling you know filing in and and uh, getting comfortable and getting their snacks or lunch together i just want to put a disclaimer out there i'm just going to put it all in the center of the table are you ready for this This is not a group of people that think they're perfect parents with all the answers. I'm going to tell you right now, we have lost the Parenting of the Year award, I think, 20 times already in the last two days. I mean, like, just completely lost it. So
1: (laughs) you too, Carissa? Yeah.
0: Jason too. Yes. We're all nodding, and and Mm -hmm. it's almost ironic that we're doing this parenting topic uh, after we've all had struggles with our parents, not ironic. I think it's spot on.
2: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We, we often joke that right before these meetings, the attacks just come hot and heavy. And, uh, I, I think that all, uh, three screens that you're seeing right now, uh, would vouch for that in, in various yeah. ways. And, and, mm-hmm. and, as we go to kind of introduce people, you know, if, if they, if they'd like to go on a little bit and share some of that stuff, that's fine. If not, just know that the attacks are real. <laughs> and you're not alone out there. And so uh, nobody here has it figured out. That's why there's several different people in the meeting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that
2: way, nobody has to think that, that they've got the way. Yes. So.
0: All right. Well, we just, um, the chat is there and I'd love for everybody to open it up. I see Jean and Sandra has found the chat, which I love. Jean and Sandra, welcome. Uh, You don't have cameras. The only ones that have cameras are our beautiful panelists here. We have Mr. Jason. I I don't know if you're top left for everyone. You're our top left. And then we have Carissa joining us as well. And we're gonna introduce them a little bit more here shortly. But the chat is open and we would love for everyone to just say, and let us know where you're uh, calling in from uh, and how many kids you have. I think that's important. And if you're here with your partner, write both of your names and how many kids you have together. And you know what? Throw in grandkids, too, because grandparenting is parenting as well. So sign it. We'd love to hear about this. And I love that someone added their their son's name or their years, 19-year-old son. Uh, Ted, I feel you. We, we have some that age as well. So uh, stick around. We'll compare That's notes. That's a fun age. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun age, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so this is wonderful. So um, we're starting to see people uh, warming up the chat. And and I love that. I love that. So the chat we're going to reserve, we have some fantastic people there that are that can help answer questions. We have uh, Rachel and Bart, and we have Brian and Tiffany, and we have some of our loyals. I think we have uh, Troy and Tracy out there and um, they're, they're great at answering questions. So if you have questions that you need just immediately answered, they are there to help you in the chat. If you have one that you would like for Carissa, Jason and I to address during this webinar, use the Q&A. So look on the bottom of your screen. There's a button that says Q&A and type your question in there. And if we don't get to the question and this webinar, cause we already have a list that have filed in we're going to be doing this for two weeks in a row. Cause there's just a lot out there mm-hmm. to cover. Yep. There's just so much to cover.
2: I was talking to a dear brother of mine a little bit earlier. Talk about a lot to cover. Uh, he has nine kids and I think grandkid 24 is due anytime now or, or just came. And so uh, he said, when they all get together, there's over 40 of them now. And just in that one you know tree, that one branch of that tree, and I think about that, I mean, you talk about some legacy, mm. you talk about an opportunity for Christ to do some mighty work. Uh, it's just wonderful. So if any ever feel overwhelmed, think about nine and then think about over 40, just at your table for the family reunion. So, so that being said, speaking of family reunion, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce uh, first today, Carissa. Uh, she is joining us from right here in the studios down in uh, sunny Stewart, Florida, uh, Carissa, just a little bit about yourself and your, your family situation, uh, and yeah. you know, we've got a few hours here, so. We can <laughs> like, wait a minute!
3: How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, I'm Carissa, and I'm the senior producer at Soul Refiner, and I have a big old crazy family too. I have eight kiddos, and six are still at home. Three are adults, but I have six still at home, and so it is—it's a lot of craziness, um, but it's fun. I like big families. Bring a lot of dynamics to the table.
0: It is. I, I love that. I love that. And then we also have Jason with us. So Jason, tell us just a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on this. I'm sort of new to Soul Refiner. Uh, just found out about you guys in uh, February, but I, I love this platform. It's It's been so helpful for me and, and seeing all the stories. Uh, it's just a real honor to be here with you guys. Um, I... I have four kids. Um, do you want me to go into like the sort of recovery journey or just kind of introduce myself?
0: I think that's great. Let's jump right in. We have so okay. much ground to get to, to okay. cover. So yes, okay. by all means, love love to hear a little bit more from you.
1: Yeah. So um, I, uh, I I do want to echo what Lamar said. You know, I told you the story yesterday about, you know, the, the enemy, you know, when you want to do something for God, the enemy's always going to fight. And, you know, I, uh lost my car keys yesterday and absolutely lost my mind. Cause I was, you know, nervous about this meeting and, and just wanting to, you know, show the, how God's worked in my life. And so to do that, I just lost my mind, yelled at my kids, and just <laughs> went completely ballistic for a while just, you know, cause just to prove that it's not, it's not Jason. It's all about God. You know, God, God is awesome. Jason is not, but anyway, um, Uh, My, my recovery journey with parenting is, is definitely ongoing and in process Um, for just a little backstory. uh, I was, uh, it was 20, 2015. I was married, had four kids, uh, still have four kids, um, but um, life was great. We were in, uh, we just moved into a big house. I was, uh, had a really good career uh, and uh, we were active in our church. Like, life was was literally you know everything we wanted and um, within a year we would uh, experience emotional and physical infidelity in our marriage and um, try to fix that with uh, with pleasure and sex and that failed spectacularly as you can imagine um, 2017 I was grieving the loss of my my marriage and moved into a two-bedroom apartment with four kids and uh, was trying to wrap my head around being what it means to be a uh, a divorced Christian. Uh, the the uh, denomination that I was in then they don't really do a good job with you know divorce. Uh, so or at least that my understanding of the teaching at the time maybe was was what was off, but. Uh, I believed that I had lost the greatest thing I would ever experience in life. And and so it didn't matter. Nothing mattered at that point. I was sort of angry at God. And and so I turned back to a a pornography addiction. And um, that's how I lived. Um, And it wasn't until 2020 where a friend reached out to me and told me about Pure Desire group that the church was starting up. And I only went because he was a friend and he had been kind to me. He kept calling every week. And, and so I thought, I don't need this, but I'll just go, <laughs> you know, be nice to my friend. But uh, God met me in that, in that conquer group. I still remember sitting there in that, in that conference room, seeing those videos. And uh, it's, it's, it's so surreal that I'm here talking to you, you know, and like that. I just saw, you know, Jeremy, <laughs> I keep I hate to keep harping on him, but like like that video is so pivotal in my recovery, you know, and and he's the one with the vision that, you know, put this all together. But like God, God met me there and he said, I know you think that you're done, but I can heal you of this. <laughs> I, and I have more I have more for you to do. And, uh, you know, that was sort of the start of it. And, and that's the context, that's sort of the big picture context for where my parenting has been. It's the transition from, you know, husband, fa- uh, husband father, you know, and thinking you got the answers to this broken, divorced Christian, single dad, uh, and, and seeing God's grace in, in my life and, and, and him being sufficient for me as I... As I learned, you know, to truly lean on him and and to see where what he's got left for me to do.
0: Jason, thank you. And if you don't mind me asking, because I think this will help as we jump into questions here in a little bit. uh, What were the ages of your kids in 2015? Yeah,
1: sorry. I I had that. I I meant to write that down, but they were uh, 14, 12, um, 9 and 7. Okay. And yeah,
2: absolutely. That sounds very similar to ours. Ours were 14, 12, 10, and eight. Around in the same year,
0: 2015. Around D-Day. Yes. So they, you have teenagers now. So in the middle yeah. of the storm, they were young and mm-hmm. then now teenagers navigating it. So yeah. that that helps the audience know mm-hmm. what kind of ages we have here. So we have a single dad with four kiddos now, young, young adults, two in college and two at home still, right?
1: Yep. Perfect.
0: Perfect.
3: Same with us. That's fantastic. And Krissa, fill us in with you. Don't ask me the ages because I have too many of them. I can't tell you all the ages. (laughs) But my youngest is um, seven and my oldest will be, no, she just turned 25. Um, So I've got the whole gamut of, of ages there. Yeah. Um, But it's been, um, you know, for our experience and what we've been going through, it's been over the, course of the past two years, more or less. Um, and so th- that journey, and I'll just jump right into it for me and, and everyone, you know, approaches this situation, divorce and, and um, betrayal and so it's from a different so I'm, I can only share my experience and what how I handled it and what I went through and, and the way God led me and um, for me, my kids had no idea what was going on. No clue. Um, for almost a year, they they didn't know, and and my um, my position on that. All of my kids are adopted, um, so they've all come from very difficult, traumatic places in life. And for me, I wanted to make sure that I was well, and that I was healthy, and that I was strong, so that I could be strong for them. And so I'm I pretty much kept everything from them for about a year, and they had no idea. And so when when they you know, receive the news that mom and dad were no longer gonna be together, it it kind of came as a, um, I mean, it was a little bit of a shock, but the question that one of my sons asked me was, mom, are you okay? I mean, he asked me like three or four or five times, are you okay, mom? I'm good, I'm gonna be okay. And then his response was, then I'm gonna be okay. And so right. for me, the biggest That's part right. of my journey and something that I would en- encourage um, other men or women is to, to get yourself to work on your healing. And so that you're not a basket case and you're just not a mess for your kids because you got to, you, you do need to be able to suck it up. It's good that your kids can see emotions. It's good that they, you know, they can see you cry when you need to cry, but they also need to see that mom and dad are okay. That's right. Know, that, that mom can handle this. And and that was pivotal for my kids in their healing and in their journey. Love that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd love to clarify that. And, and, and when you say, Okay. And it's something you and I have talked about extensively, Chris, and same same with me, me and you, Jason. Um, okay means an understanding that I am broken, right? And, and without right. Christ, I have no hope. That's right. and, and as we get to that posture and we recognize that full surrender over to Him, everything in our lives, even, even the parenting aspect of it, that's when the kids can truthfully say, "Okay, I see that you're actually okay. You you are you are biblically and spiritually okay." Right. I think that's the meek part you know, when we're allowing Christ to really just take guidance and direction of our entire lives, our, our, our parenting, our finances, our, our future relationships, the the way that we interact with each kid individually. Mm -hmm. I think that is, that is okay. And kids are especially well equipped, especially ones that aren't necessarily tainted that much yet. They're especially equipped to see when we're actually okay. And, and and, and to relay that back to us. Okay. You may be broken and not have any answers, but you're okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and no
3: one, no one wants to welcome a betrayal story no one wants to welcome that into your life but honestly it has been a beautiful thing. Um, God has turned it into something beautiful and through that, they have been able, hopefully I know and I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect of certainly have fallen I don't get parent of the year award. Because <laughs> I just had mine the other night when my when my seven year old had a massive meltdown in public. Yeah, that was not fun. So um, have you ever wanted to like fish hook a kid in their mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, stop your screaming. Why are you screaming? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but for, that, for me to be able to display and show the forgiveness and, and mercy and kindness and gentleness in healing and for that to be able to display that in my life for my kids to be able to see has been a it's been a beautiful thing for our relationship together and for their walk with Christ. It's mm-hmm. been a good thing.
0: Yeah, I I think that is beautiful. I think that is something that we hear often. Um, Majority of the couples that we've worked with have kids. And it's incredible that when they start stepping back, they realize this isn't a journey just about dad who has been you know, yeah. unfaithful or mom who's been unfaithful or, or it's, it's not just about the, the divorce. It's about them too. They are part of this story. And this is God's way of, you know, in our case, daddy, who was their idol fell off the pedestal and they had a choice to make. Who are they going to put in that place? And three of our four got baptized that year uh, and, and decided to put Jesus there. It's, I mean, not everything was pretty. You'll hear some nasty stuff, but that is something beautiful that did come out of it. Yeah. And that is something I think that's important to, to look for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So team, I just, um, you know, this is this is a heavy topic. Everyone here, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I appreciate you watching. There's concern. There's concern with, are we doing this right uh, because the stats are, they don't look good. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. They don't look good. The, the, uh, the stats that um, are out there say that for children that experience uh, parents that have been unfaithful, they have twi- they're twice as likely to be unfaithful themselves. If they don't get help or if they're not um, in a, in a place of healing. Uh, some other stats that that are unnerving is that seventy five percent of children uh, that go through it experience lingering feelings of betrayal um, from um, the parent that cheated. And eighty percent say the infidelity shapes their outlook on romance and relationships, and they don't even want to bother being in a relationship. Seventy mm-hmm. percent describe infidelity as affecting their trust in anyone. So this is serious. This is, this can be very serious if we just put our heads in the sand and pretend like it doesn't affect our kids. This affects our children. It affects them in a huge way. They're emotional sponges. I don't care if they are running around in diapers or if they're 18 years old, getting ready to pack out, they feel emotions. They Mm -hmm. feel changes in the, the emotional barometer in the house between mom and dad. They, They, they're not idiots. And, mm-hmm. and the sooner we come to terms with that, um, the more important it is, or that's,
3: that's the, the only thing that's going to keep them from becoming part of these ugly yeah. stats.
0: Yeah.
3: Can so, I, um, can I share the hope that we have though, Christina, Yes. With all those stats, because that was something that weighed really heavy on my yes. heart. Was I, man, I don't want to damage my kids. I don't want, my kids have already had a, not a fair handshake in life. They've already, mm-hmm. they were born into trauma and, and now we're experiencing this. And in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is just a humble pleading. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think when we go go to him, you know, humbly with with our plead, is God, give me direction, give me wisdom. And if you are not anchored in Christ and you are not, I mean, you are just not all out, sold out for him and, and leaning on his understanding and not, yeah, we need to know those stats because like you said, we shouldn't bury our heads in the stand, but I don't care what the stats say. My Jesus mm-hmm. conquered it all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, my trust is in him and my hope is in him. And I know he's going to leave. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be ugly? If, yeah. He doesn't promise us, you know, sunshine and rainbows mm-hmm. and unicorns, but he will give us the answers. That's right. That's right.
0: And we're here to rewrite the stats, y'all. That's that's why we're here. That's why we're being intentional. That's why we're getting answers and clarity and we're coming together and talking about it. We are rewriting the stats. We're taking back what Satan has taken for too long. It's been too easy for him. And we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to settle for that anymore. I'm sick. I'm sick of this sin, not just stealing our husbands and marriages and now affecting our children. Done, done he can't take anymore. So let's, let's rewrite the stats and let's, let's jump in and talk about some of the questions that people uh, are very curious about. This is one we actually get quite often. Um, It's a shorter version. So for people that wrote in uh, questions, uh, this might be yours, but we had to shorten it for uh, sake of time. But this first one is how do I stop my son from becoming an addict or objectifying women? And this this could be a perspective. This could have been a mom that asked this, or it could have been a dad. It could have been the one that was betrayed, or it could have been the one that was unfaithful. So, love to panel, love to hear what your
3: thoughts are on this. You guys, one of you guys want to start? Yeah, Jason, I can, can, can. I can tell you from my experience. You know, I don't have yeah. the male perspective um, when it comes to the sons, but from from the mother's position. Uh, my kids know to some sort of degree of of what happened and the betrayal they you know age appropriate. And you know, before when I would say things like, Don't don't speak to your sister that way, or we don't treat women that way, or you need to be respectful, you know, it's kinda like, eh. Now that they have an understanding of what betrayal is, and so when I say Whoa, 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 whoa! We don't speak to your sister that way. We don't treat women that way. There's a new understanding and a level. Of, oh, whoa! Because I know that that hurt mom, and I don't want to be a person that hurts. I don't want to hurt others. So that that's kind of been now as far as like from the from the men. I think you can give a different fatherly perspective, but that's kind of been my <laughs> uh, my experience with the boys.
1: That's really good. Um, I I would say. Uh, for me, I have, it's weird, I have, a, I have this sort of betrayal experience and I also have the addiction. Um, so um, for, for my addiction piece, for the longest time, I, I believe that because I had had a, an, a porn addiction before, um, I, I, I just knew that my son was destined to have the same thing. Like I, I didn't think, I didn't think I, that he had a choice. I I thought that my, my sins had sort of damned him to that same kind of existence. Um, I thought that, um, yeah, I, I I don't believe that anymore. Um, but as far as the question of, um, how to stop my son from becoming, uh, you know, an addict, um, I thought if I, kept a box of rules, you know, like kept them boxed in with standards, with uh, regulations, with like behaviors, you know, and kept tight control. I thought that would do it. I thought I could keep my, my family safe. Uh, obviously that's wrong. Uh, I, I understand that now, but um, simply put, I, I don't think you can, like not in your own strength. That's that's the place I've come to is that it's it's not up to me. It, it, there's nothing I can do personally no action I can take that can guarantee that my son isn't going to get into that mm-hmm. um, or my daughter's. Uh, but I think what you can do is you can model transparency, vulnerability, um, with your kids have honest dialogue. Um, and you know about what God says in his word about these kind of things. And, and especially in, in failure, you fail forward. Like they say, I think that's sort of a, a buzz phrase now is failing forward, but, but um, you know, just have honest conversations about, yeah, I, I messed up. And like, here's, here's how, here's the truth of God's word and, and where my actions didn't line up with God's word. And just it, instead of trying to control behavior, try to try to live in a way that that gets to their heart and points them to, to Christ
2: and then I, I, I love what James had to say on this. I think it's the, the, the back half of, uh, of chapter one there when he talks about, you know, temptation and desire and sin and death. And, and I love kind of that waterfall uh, mentality on this one and how we don't want to enter this argument at sin and death. And so it, it looks like temptation or desire. And because we're called into the world to go and change the world for Him it's really hard to change some of the temptations. You can't not go to the grocery store. Yeah. And so how do we change that desire within us? And so as we talk to our young people um, and we talk to our, our kids, how do we imbue on them this notion of, Hey, how are you going to let Christ change you? Cause it's a pathway. If, if you're out there just consuming women and girls for your own purposes, as opposed to glorifying them for what God did with them, then that's a desire problem and that's where Christ wants to enter that's where he wants to make a difference in you um, listen I, I'm not saying to go out there and just willy-nilly expose yourself to whatever temptation just because you think that you know well God's got this so I can just do whatever I want and that's not what I'm saying um, I'm saying that you know God has to make that difference and, it, and we're all on a path and it's the path either more christ-like or is the path to death and, and they're 180 out. You know, and you're either going the one way or the other, or you're making the slow, insidious turn off of the path to him to the path to death and hell. That's right. Uh, and
3: you're and you're right, Lamar. I mean, parents should be modeling it, but also we need to be having healthy dialogue and conversation with our kids consistently about sexuality and purity and the dangers. And I mean, as early as, you know, five four or five years old. I mean, appropriately but you should be having these conversations with your kids and and that is a um i think that's a big problem that is missing in in homes is that sexual discipleship and so you know it's yeah. the kids get into stuff and it's that they don't know curiosity i didn't have the answers to that and i didn't know that and you have to model it but you also have to be having the conversations it's paramount yeah, Completely. yeah can i share
1: something mm. Um, One of the things that as I'm going through family of origin stuff right now with my story of of addiction is is that same sort of like there was an episode that happened where, you know, this sexual image came up on the screen and I saw my father just react in a very aggressive way. And he he shut the TV off. It, It was an incidental thing, just scanning channels and something came up. And, and like, he turned to my mom and he was just so angry and in my, you know, whatever emotional level of development I was at the time, like it sent a message to me that whatever that image is that, you know, it's not safe to talk about because it invoked a really angry response from, from my dad. And, and I really now believe that that sort of set the tone to set me up for being vulnerable to you know, the things that would come later, the magazines and videos, and, and, and sort of set me on the path, not to blame him, but like, just to Chris's point about, we need to have healthy conversations, we don't need to just be reactive to this. And, and like engage, like, I love that term that you just said, say it again, the oh, sexual great. discipleship. Is Something that like saying? that. <laughs> that was amazing. So. <laughs> that was really good. I, I, I wholeheartedly support what you're saying there.
0: You know, the team, I think it's the temptations out there, regardless of whether or not children have had parents that have gone through infidelity or one of their parents struggles with sexual sin. The temptation is out there. Everybody yeah. that has a phone, the temptation is out there and let's face it, they all have it. So I actually subscribe to the fact that I believe that everyone in this room who has gone through infidelity, we actually have the upper hand here. Because we have the opportunity to humble ourselves and say, we've been down the path to death and destruction and hell. You don't want to go down that way. Do You remember what Mm -hmm. it did to the family. You remember how you felt about that when they become teenagers or when they start their young adults, or you start seeing those behaviors. And it's almost like you have a free ticket to talk about it because you've been there. It should be a free ticket. I'm speaking Mm -hmm. from experience. I'm not judging. I've been there. I I think it's a beautiful advantage we have here.
2: Yeah, I think it's super interesting too about the different voices to call into your life. Um, You know, we're blessed enough to have these relationships uh, with um, our kids, but also with other believers out there. Um, You know, I I don't have any problem at all. My son's talking to someone like Jason, my Mm -hmm. son's talking to someone like Carissa. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have to be you. And if you don't have that community around you, of folks that that have some of the same experience and some of the same outlook on, on sexual discipleship, that's, that's the buzzword. Thank you, Carissa. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if, if you don't have that, now's the time to get that the, the, those folks around you, because yeah. the storms are coming. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. And the talking, if it can't be with you finding someone safe that they can talk to, whether it's a counselor, whether it's somebody you trust that they can open up to, and not just in in regards to the temptation and struggles they might be happening, but also in regards to the pain they could be experiencing from the separation or the hurt or the arguing between mom and dad, Mm -hmm. because they're feeling it, they're experiencing it. and and they're, they're going to respond to it in some capacity. And so just, uh, having them have an outlet Uh, and if it can't be you, if they're worried about hurting mommy's feelings, if they're worried about offending dad and going toe to toe with him, then it's, it's, it has to be somebody because bottling that stuff up is just, it's, it's like a pressure cookie cooker and eventually it'll explode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one is for the ladies here. And so Chris, I'll let you kick off with this one. Uh, as a lady, you think to yourself, I can't trust men now. And will my daughter be the same way?
3: Um, I think we should teach our daughters not to trust anybody but Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, men and women are going to fail. There's no one that's perfect. I'm going to disappoint someone. I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, that's life. And the only one that we can trust is God. And um, one of my daughters has had, some repercussions of, of the trauma have, has been trust. And, um, I've gone through a really difficult time with this and and it's touched some childhood wounds for her. And so we're, we're still, we're still, we're still rolling through it. And, and my whole focus has been, you have to trust the Lord. You have to put, you have to put your trust in God. And, and then, you know, through, through my own healing and through her healing and having a, um, a picture of what, healthy mindset looks like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly teaching her, you don't have to worry about picking the right man, because if you're healthy, you're going to see health in someone else. And two healthy people will be attracted to one another. Unhealthy and unhealthy, you're going to get a mess. And so I think approaching it that way, in that in both perspectives of your trust, you have to put your trust in God, people are going to fail you. Yeah. You're going to fail someone. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. But then also, the importance of having a healthy mindset and having a healthy life. I think those are, are key for our girls.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, another thing that comes to my mind, Carissa, um, and you've worked with a lot of women too, and it's something that I mean, this this is hard to hear. It's very hard to hear as a woman who's experienced betrayal, to know that another loss or another something that she needs to be cognizant of is that she can pass down her bitterness and her unforgiveness yeah. to her daughters. This is not just about passing down sexual sin and lust. And it's not just about the man. This is about the mom too. When the mom chooses to harbor resentment, when she comes putting, you know, putting her trust in, in the ways of the world as opposed to in Jesus. Yes. A daughter can absolutely model that, and that, that is just very, very dangerous, very, very dangerous, so it is something we need to be cognizant of, is women, if you're struggling, and I know in the acute stages, uh, this is this is so hard to hear, but we do need to be accountable for our actions. Um, Because our children are watching and it is something that if you are holding on and you've been in the storm for a while and you're still angry and you've decided to stay committed or you've moved on, but you're still angry at your ex and ex is like a bad word in the house. And it's just said vehemently and just, it's the ex they pick up on that and you are going to pass that down to them. So it's something that we do have to be mindful
3: of uh, that for both men and women, we can pass this down to our children. That's right. I have spent, um, as you guys know, I've spent my lifetime working with traumatized children. I mean, this has been my lifelong work and I have seen firsthand what selfish parents do to children. And that's going to sound really harsh. And I'm, but for myself, and when it comes to this, you guys, we have to suck it up. Like just stop. It's not about, you know, I know you're hurting. We all hurt. And, but you can do your pain in your closet, but when it comes with to your kids, you gotta, you gotta suck it up and say, I've got to do what's best for them, and that means not bad mouthing mom, not bad mouthing dad, not whispering that nonsense, that that poison into their ears. And um, and like you're saying, Christine, it just it just passes on in it from one generation to another. And mm-hmm. you're gonna have to learn some self-control and say, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is not when it comes to my kids. It's about them and about their healing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your children cannot become your confidants. I don't right. care if they're little or they're adult, they mm-hmm. cannot be your confidant in this situation that will introduce a whole world of trauma. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. And I, and I think the only hope of that is through Christ, mm-hmm. um, because our, our natural selves are always going to you want know, to hang on to that, that bitterness, to hang on to that kind of that thing that we hold over the other person. And so, Jace, I want to come to you for a question. Yeah. Um, as, as your kids, you know, as they move out of adolescence into young adulthood, um, we have similar age kids. Um, do you ever struggle? Do they come to you sometimes and ask, hey, what happened between you and mom? Um, do they ever just, you know, give you a question? And you're like, I'm not sure that I can answer that wholly without uh, discussing it with my significant ex. So how,
0: how much do you share with them?
1: Um <clears throat> This is really difficult for me because in the beginning, right after the divorce, I didn't see my own sin and addiction. Um, all I saw was the betrayal and, and she's not like we're, we're not great communicators. We never were really. Um, we could we can make out really well. It's probably why we have four kids, but like, as far as the, the communication piece, Uh, Well, that was real honest. uh,
3: (laughs) Only here, folks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you probably should have prefaced this meeting with saying you're bringing somebody on who's never really been in front of people before. (laughs) I love it. So sorry. Um, It's beautiful. Beautiful. But um, now we we're still we still we still don't do well. So so what I'm saying is in the beginning, I wanted to tell everybody what had been done to me. And, and I struggled not to tell the kids, you know, there were times when the kids were involved and they knew things about what was going on with her and, and things that I just wanted to like say, this isn't right. You know, you can't do this. And I wanted to sit them all down and be like, this is what your mom's doing wrong. And and I, I fail. Uh, you know, Carissa was saying some really good things about, you know, deal with your pain in private and don't, don't let it traumatize your kids. I, I'm probably the, the example of like doing it wrong so that the kids add so that the kids experience more trauma than they needed to. Um, I think that's one of the things that I put for one of the, uh, Full, uh, full disclosure again here, like I, I do have a cheat sheet because I, I get really nervous on camera. So if I don't look at this little dot right here, it's because I'm looking at my cheat sheet. But anyway, <laughs> what, what I was trying to say was that's one of the things that I wrote down is I wish I had done a better job of shielding my kids from the trauma that they experienced because of the divorce. Um, God, God is faithful and he has seen my kids through uh, my mistakes and failures and through the trauma of this divorce and we're all closer to God now than than we than we would have been prior like like um, but but I do wish that I had, had done a better job of, of like shielding shielding them from from additional unneeded trauma you know as we went through that process keep it you know their, their mom was really good about that she's <laughs> She she always had a way to she she always wanted to focus on keeping things between us you know so that we didn't uh, didn't affect the kids didn't mm-hmm. you know and I'm just like what you see is what you get I'm sorry it's <laughs> I can't <laughs> I it. I'm not much of an actor really no but, um, that's why know. we invited
0: you we want
1: real <laughs> okay. there's enough well,
0: actors out there and actresses yeah. we need real yeah. we need real yeah. because we didn't handle it perfectly either. Uh, I don't think anyone
3: does. No No one's gonna nail it.
0: No, we didn't know how much to tell or what was too much and um, mm-hmm. our story was very public for those of you that know, so we couldn't lie about it. They knew there was infidelity. It was all mm-hmm. over the news. So we did have to sit them down and we told the two older ones, something very different than the two younger ones. Yeah. Chris said, the two younger ones at the time, they were the same way. They just need to know mommy was going to be okay. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And as soon as I assured them, God, God is going to get me through this. He loves us and he's going to get us all through it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make false promises that's one thing that I am happy about I didn't say no Daddy's going to be okay he's going to come back and we're going to be one happy family when we were separated I couldn't make those promises, and that's one thing I am glad I didn't do because I didn't know Mm -hmm. and there that that wasn't my promise to make. Um, but with the older two, they had more questions and we answered some, and some of them we chose not to answer saying that that information is, you know, you need to check your heart. Why are you asking these questions? Is it because you really need to know for your own healing to move forward? Or is it just morbid curiosity because your friends are asking because yeah. that's two just very different things because you can't unlearn information. especially as a kid, and you're going to give them something and they're going to twist it around their head and twist around and create more. And so, you know, some, and, and people are all over the spectrum on this question. Some counselors are like, don't tell them anything. Mm-hmm. don't tell them anything just saying mommy and daddy are disagreeing right now and now mommy and daddy are living in separate houses and now mommy and daddy are never speaking to each other i, I don't know about that um it, maybe for some kids you do need to protect them that much um some people tell them way too much information yeah. uh, and so there's got to be something i believe in the middle what are your thoughts babe
2: i, th- I think what's in the middle is exactly where christ would have you
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and i and i think that's that's a moving target person to person because I think that the Holy spirit convicts us with that righteous guilt. And yeah, I said, righteous guilt. Okay. Never the, the condemnation, the shame that you may get from that guilt. Okay. The guilt is that, Hey, maybe I screwed something up uh, versus the shame of no, I'm all screwed up all of me. And then not even Christ can rescue me. Hmm. So the the good Holy spirit guilt that you get about something, that's where you go to the kids and say, Hey, I think I've given this up whether or not it's got to do with how you interacted with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe it has to do with how you interacted with your significant other. That's that's gone now or the, or the way that you and your significant other have been able to reconcile and and get a redemptive marriage out of it. Um, I think that the Holy spirit guides us in these manners. And I think a lot of it comes down to, does this glorify God and none of me Mm -hmm. and does it honor the people that I love?
0: Um, And something, I think the fear and that's something I just want to talk about the fear of telling your kids and them, especially men. And this is something I'd love to hear from you guys, your thoughts on this, um, the fear that your kid's going to hate you, you know, the kid that they're going to be mad at you or they're going to, um, uh, be upset or, you know, whatever it may be that fear it's legit because they will they might. And that absolutely is a normal reaction for a child to be livid and hurt. They feel the betrayal too. Well, I mean, they're thinking the same things. Was I not a good enough kid to keep mommy and daddy happy? What, I mean, what did I do wrong? And so they're, they're feeling, you know, guilt and shame and anger. And so what I encourage um, parents uh, when I work with them is let them be angry. You know, it's okay, men, to be in the doghouse for a little bit and your words aren't going to matter. Um, even, you know, First John 3, 18, one of my favorite verses, don't show them with, your, with your, your words and your talk. Enough of that. Show them with your deeds and your truth. Mm-hmm. You got to bring truth back into the home, truth back into the family, truth back into your new life, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You got to yeah. lead that example. That's the way that it's going to, words aren't going to matter to them for a long time. And, and if you, I think one of the worst things you can do is say, oh, oh, that, that hurts daddy's heart or, oh, you're and laying guilt on top of that. Talk about trauma. I mean, I'd I'd much rather be angry and be
3: able to say, Mm -hmm. no, you hurt me and you you, got to earn back Mm -hmm. my trust. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be able to, can I, if I could touch on, on that too, Christina is yes, I, for me. If anyone tells you that there's one formula for disclosing what's going on with for you to your kids, I I personally am not comfortable with that. If someone one direction is don't tell them anything, or if someone says tell them everything, to me that neither one are, are is correct. Um, yeah. I think there is no one size fits all. Um, there are a lot of different factors that you have to take into consideration. Their age, is there past trauma, um, emotional maturity. Um, And then the details of an affair or the details of an addiction, you have to take all those things into consideration and and come up with, you know, calculate what what can be said and what can't, based on those things. Um, But what I would recommend, this is my recommendation, this is what, what I did, is, you know, I went looking first. What is the right way? And like you said, Christina, there's people with all different perspectives. Tell them or don't tell them. Um, and I, I didn't find anything that I felt comfortable with. I took away from each one of those of what's important and what's, what I should dismiss. Um, but then I made my own list and, and I took in all those factors into consideration. And then I took it and I presented it to someone that I trust. Outside, find someone that is outside of the situation. Someone that doesn't have any, any skin in the game, so not a family member, not a, someone that you can trust and say, this is, what do you think? Is this a good plan? And get some feedback. But most importantly, take it to the Lord and the Holy yes. Spirit will guide you. But you have to come from a humble place of, there has to be not an ounce of bitterness in you that I just want to stick it to them. If right. I can get them and be honest with yourself. Yes, don't, don't, do a heart check. God already knows your business. Don't try to hide something because even if you have way back in there, well, I want them to know that mommy didn't do it. Daddy did it. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 not in the you're not in the right place. This is not about you. This is about your children. You do not want to harm your children, and so take it to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit guide you, and He will guide you. And should you sit down and share every single detail of an affair and an addiction with your five year old? No, that's crazy. You don't want to do that. Should you share it all with a with a nineteen year old? I'm not saying that's right either. It just every situation is different. Um, something and this again this is just this is my opinion if there is hope for reconciliation if you know you're on the pathway to reconciling with your spouse i don't know if i would sit down and share all those details that's right at all i agree i would let it maybe one day become a part of my testimony yeah. And that, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, however many years that looks down the road. Now you get to sit down and tell this glorious testimony of how Christ saved and healed your marriage. When your children are mature, and when you both are in a place that the kids aren't gonna go, oh, the shoe could drop any moment and we're gonna lose them both.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's not
3: the time. So if yeah. there's, if the reconciliation is on the table, I would approach that very cautiously of what I share.
0: I agree. Um, I agree. And yeah. then during the recovery, just to, to add on to that, uh, don't be ashamed that you're in recovery fixing your marriage. Yeah. I, I hear people, um, parents say, well, we tell our kids we're going to Bible study because we don't want them to know that our marriage is struggling. They know. Trust yeah. me. They know, they yeah. know mommy's been crying. They know dad's been absent and withdrawn. They know. So the best thing you could give them is hope that, Oh, mom and dad are going, and I don't care what age they're going and, and working on their marriage. Good That's for it. them. They're giving, yeah. they're fighting for each, for their marriage. Good. I mean, we would have Thursday nights blocked off on the calendar. Our kids would make us dinner those nights just uh-huh. so we would have time to eat to make sure we could make it to recovery. They were like pushing us out the door because it gave us, gave them a peace of mind. Oh, they're in it yeah. they're doing yeah.
3: it and they don't yeah. need all the details right no christina no. it's just mom and dad are having That's some it. issues we're 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 working on it We're gonna That's make it. our
0: marriage stronger we, yeah. we want to make it stronger
2: yeah, yeah. You, you can't fake the funk with the kids okay. so jason next question yeah. over to you here this is a, a, a i'm gonna start with a statement all right and then the question will come right after the person says i want a divorce is it best to stay until the kids turn 18?"
1: Yeah, Uh, I, I don't, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm no expert here. Um, this is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, I still, I, I was on the phone with the guy last night, um, He's walking through. It's it's so surreal almost. The just the situation he's describing to me. It's it's like taking me back. And uh, this brother is fighting for his marriage, and he is not surrendering. He's he's not taking no for an answer. He's not giving it. He's trusting it completely to God. And and that's not the decision I made. Uh, there's nobody here. Actually, there's a guy running. Hey, buddy. <laughs> uh so anyway uh that that's not the decision that i i made i you know i've had to accept god's grace for this uh he's sovereign over all of our decisions he's a, he's the one in control um but i looked at where i was with with the marriage we had we had tried to put things back together like i said based on pleasure and physical intimacy which was was massively flawed idea uh, it, it obviously didn't work, you know, and, and my, as we talked about my kids, my older two daughters were like, I think they had turned 13 and 15 by the following year. And, um, you know, I, I thought about the message to send to them, you know, what would that send to them for me to try and continue to, to just, you know, do everything I could to be a doormat and try and earn their mother's love back. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that's not, I I wasn't really in a good place spiritually then. So like, what about the grace of God? What about the power of God to turn her heart around? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess all these rambling words are just saying, I don't know, you know, I, I made a choice that I felt like I had to make, and I've seen God's grace be sufficient in, in the choice to go through the divorce and, and, and now get on the other side of it. And God has freed me from this, this porn addiction and and i'm just going to throw this in here now um because it's so pivotal to me and it's so powerful and this is why i want to be on this mission this is why i love connecting with you people and with my church is like even in the times you know I, i told you that i went back to pornography but what i didn't tell you my my full story which i won't bore you all with but um it wasn't the first time i'd faced that you know what i realized was that this had just burrowed down. Uh, something that I had encountered as a, as a young man and had been a coping mechanism for me when I went to get married, it burrowed into my soul. And, and and even though I didn't have active addiction, it affected the way I interacted with my spouse. And it, it created this foundation of no trust whatsoever in the beginning of our marriage that ultimately I believe, you know, led to, to why it all fell apart. Um, But, but God wanted to heal me completely like in the times where i was still trying to do what i thought was right you know i'd sit in a sermon and a preacher would say i'd use the word pornography and i'd do that little kind of thing where you you kind of flinch and then you look sideways to see if anybody saw you because you you're still hiding and you didn't want anybody to know your secrets god has healed me of that and and i think it took the divorce to get me to a place where i was looking at him and and now not only has he taken that out of my life, he's put me on this mission to connect with other men and help them find hope and healing and freedom. And, and um, I don't think he could have done that without, without the divorce. Um, and so maybe if I'd have been in a different spiritual condition, I could have made a different decision. But, but um, you know, regardless of the decision that, that I made, you know, God's still in control and he is powerful enough to handle it no matter what. So amen
3: so <laughs> what are your thoughts sweetie thank you so much jason yeah um i i would take a bullet for my kids just like most parents i'll do whatever it takes and if that meant enduring whatever i had to endure without getting into all the nitty-gritty details of my life but if that meant enduring and it was in the best interest of the kids then i'm gonna do it and that was kind of my mindset i was i'll whatever it takes um and I, and I didn't want to do anything to to traumatize my kids any further. And um, it wasn't until I, you know, talking with some friends and and I realized I want my kids to see what a healthy marriage looks like. And I want my kids to see, I, I don't want them to continue this pattern that I'm in. I, and this is going to continue, it's just going to keep passing on, the the boys are going to do this and the girls are going to expect that that's what love looks like and I didn't want that for them and God only knows I fought a long hard battle to to save it and preserve it and it just didn't go that way and so um, for me I felt like um, it probably would have done more damage yeah. had I not made a decision mm-hmm. and, and I, I wanted to give my kids a fighting chance to have something that I didn't I wanted them to have something godly and 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 a good marriage that was you know fortified in christ and so that that decision it was a hard one but i don't i don't agree with the uh, the idea that you should wait until your kids are of age i think yeah. the lord will lead you and, you and everyone is led differently absolutely it is a very individual and
0: private and personal decision and, we and we're not easy we were, not, not easy, easy. the yeah. hardest decision hardest decision in the world to make and yeah. when we were separated and, you know, taught it. And I was thinking, can't we just wait until the kids are 18? You know, I just, I didn't want to put them through that pain, but if I had stayed with him and while he was strung out, uh, I can't even imagine the example that that would have led for them. And if I had tolerated that, if I had tolerated, cause he became, I mean, just uh, an intimacy anorexic. And it was just, it was, it was horrible. And if I had said, okay, this is all right, this is all right. Yeah. Um, for a, a husband to treat, um, his wife this way, daddy can treat mommy this way. Cause I stayed, my kids would have thought, okay. Um, and right. that's what women should do. And that's okay. If I act that way towards my future wife, I wasn't going to set that example yeah. I, w- I would rather leave and be strong and set that example and let go of bitterness and be completely independent and on my own than stay and model someone who's just rolling out the red carpet to sin, and turning a blind eye towards it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an option for me. Yep. Yeah. No.
2: You mentioned earlier about, you know, your kids are gonna smell it on you if you're faking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, they're either gonna know that you're faking it or they're gonna think that you faking it is the right thing to do. And they're going to fake it the rest of their lives. Either way, it's it's ultimately destructive uh, for their well-being. And so uh, I see several questions here. And what I want to address in each one of these questions, um, they all seem uh, to be of the same ilk in terms of how do I talk to the kids uh, with with some variations in them. How do I talk to my kids? Um, I would suggest that you just begin that relationship with your kids if you don't already have it. And repair that relationship, and get that reconnection piece going. Earlier in the in the chat, I, I just happened to see. I glanced up and 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 I and I saw that connection comes before correction.
1: Yeah. That um, was thank
2: you, Bart. I mean that that, that that's straight from Belgium. So mm-hmm. um, thank you so much for that. I, I think we all need to hear that kind of thing. We need to connect with those kids. They don't care anything at all about how much we know as the new us until they know how much we care about them. And so, building that trust with them, I think, is very important. And then we can start to inject pieces of the story because what they're going to see then is how Christ has changed us. That's the greatest testimony that we can give, not what we say and aver and repeat what the pastor said on Sunday mornings or what they learned here, but how God has made that difference in our lives and how we're different with them. We're going to be different parents. As we allow Him to change us from the inside out, either in terms of bitterness, forgiveness, sexual sin, sexual stronghold. He gets all over the rest of our lives too. And the kids can see that in us. That's how we talk to the kids. Whether or not we're agreeing with the other person, whether or not the other person is standing next to us, I'm talking about your significant other, whether or not they're even in the picture anymore, we don't have a chance with the kids without him. I really want to call attention for the guy's sake and for the ladies, if you might have access to Warpath, there is a great legacy section of Warpath about how you repair those relationships in your life. Okay, meaning that it talks about how to specifically repair that relationship with your kids. And that's in Warpath. Okay, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the actual Bible study called Legacy. That's a whole different swim lane. Um, that's uh, Pastor John Bevere and his wife uh, have a study in Soul Refiner as well. And so, um,
0: no, I, I think that's um, very important, the, the action piece, because I mean, the questions, I'm seeing them as well. How do we talk to our kids? How do we talk to our kids? And, and again, yes, by all means, you can sit down and have a talk. If you're reconciling, sitting down together, and do you have questions? And this is what we've been through. Couples do that. They sit down and have that heart to heart with the kids. But you know what? Again, those words aren't going to matter. It's how is he treating her and yeah. how is she responding to him? It's yeah. going to be those actions. Is he, it's, I believe in the whole man change with recovery because I believe it changed the whole man, the sin. And so there needs to be a whole man change. And so not only are our men going to become better husbands and treat women better, and treat, and they're going to see how it is appropriate for how dad is treating other women outside of marriage. So the the waitress, the um, the girl that's running down the street, they're going to see that. They're going to see dad's new behaviors that are healthy. They're going to see how he's studying mama, pouring into her, loving her. They're gonna they're going to to be able to see that difference but they're also going to see a different dad because the you as a parent you changed. you may not have known it if you struggle with sexual sin but you changed as a parent because you stopped ignoring the children that were in front of you and they felt that they felt ignored while you're trying to seek out that next pleasure and so they're in the light they're right here and if you're living in the light they're right there for you to enjoy So you're going to be able to enjoy your kids more too. And they're going to feel that that's when you're going to earn their trust back. I mean, that's when you see the biggest difference. So panel, do you have any thoughts you want to add on, on the whole communication bit and how do we talk to our our kids no matter what age?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, and I just had made some notes too about communication that is, that's also paramount in, in healing the relationship with your children. I mean, if you have, for whatever reason, disclose to your to your child. There, I mean, the communication has to be a constant feeding into them and checking in with them. And how are you doing? How are you feeling? And it's never about you. Don't make it about you.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't make it
3: about your feelings. But constantly just checking in with your children, and um, I think that's critical too. If there was a separation or a divorce, um, is just you know not letting your children. Do this alone, and getting so caught up in in what you're feeling and what you're going through, um, but just always making sure that that they're okay. Yeah
0: absolutely absolutely i have no idea where did the time go y'all i mean i'm blind i'm looking i'm like you have to be kidding me so i (laughs) wish i wish we could um i mean i just want to keep going and going but i do want to end with a takeaway from each person um just something that you um because we just were so honored to have you here um a takeaway just something either something you learned that you did right or something you did wrong but what's one thing that you would want to share before closing off and i'll give you each you know just a hand over the mic so what do you think chrisa so what's just one thing that you would love to just share with people from your
3: parenting experience with yeah. eight little ones with eight little ones you know I, there a lot there's a lot that i did right and a lot that i did wrong um that i still do wrong and i'm learning every day but i i think just quickly two things is one i wish that i would have found community and group a lot sooner <laughs> Um, before I
1: have that written down
3: yeah <laughs> well good I said it first so thing. you don't get it <laughs>
1: literally the same. you stole my answer <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh,
3: yeah but I, I wish that I would have found that community group because while I was hurting and while I was confused and while I was trying to figure things out I was I know I felt I, I withdrew as a parent and I didn't mean to and, and kids can pick up on that. Even if you're not arguing and fighting and, and stuff with your, with your they, they sense, they know that something's going on. And so I wish I would have found community a little bit sooner. And then the other thing is, I wish I wouldn't have beat myself up so much. You know, I added a lot of stress and, and anxiety and sleepless nights worrying about every decision that I was making. And am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? How do I tell them? what if they What if they end up doing this? What if they're angry? What if they hate? I just not carrying all of that and, and just walking with the Lord and trusting him that he's going to handle every single detail. If I put all of my trust in him.
0: Amen. Love that Carissa. How
3: about you, Jason?
1: Yeah. So uh, same, same answer for number one is I wish I had gotten into community earlier um, and started being honest about my wounds and what was going on. And I'll just tell a quick story this was even before I got into a conquer group, um, for, for our parenting schedule, the kids come back on Wednesdays. They come to me on Wednesday. They're with their mom Monday and Tuesday. They come to me on Wednesday. And usually I work, I I've worked nights for 17 years, but no, no longer. Hopefully after next week, I'm done with nights, praise God. Um, anyway, so Wednesday, either, you know, early in the morning during the summer or after school, there would be just this tension. And I, for the longest time would get angry. I was totally emotional. I was sleep deprived, but, and I would just, I would want to say things like, what is going on over at your mother's house and like, what does she do? And like, I wanted to blame my ex. I wanted to blame the, the kids and like what I realized and, and a big place where things really started to change was when I realized that it wasn't them, it was me. I was the one that was the problem. And I got into a group. uh, Our church had had a Wednesday night men's study. And, and like, I really remember I asked the kids, I said, I I know I, you know, dad's, dad's kind of emotional on Wednesdays and it's always a stressful day, but I really think if, if I go to this group for an hour, it'll just help me get my mind right and help me reset so that we can have better Wednesdays. And that's one thing I would point to was, you know, as a specific example of getting into community, um, as part of the, you know, the recovery and parenting process. And then the other thing is, um, the second thing is just serving. Um, I remember just at one point thinking, I'm so tired of my own story. I'm tired of like, just being internally focused all the time. And, um, I, I called the church and I asked, uh, you know, if there's any way I could serve, uh, this is a new church. We changed churches through this process and, and God just really used this church that we're at now. But uh, they said, we have a spot on the parking team. And it's like, I, I'm a nurse. I've never done anything with parking and I park my car and that's it, you know, but so like I get to wear this cool vest now and I carry a radio and like my son comes out there with me. He's 15 now and, you know, just just being able to smile at people driving in. People are worried about getting a parking space. Did the service start yet? Get to drop off their kids. But like I get to be there and I get to smile at them, welcome them to church. And, you know, God used that to really just kind of help progress me in, in the recovery process too. So that's that's the two things I would say.
0: Love it. Thank you, team. Thank you. And I do And feel free to sign off if you need to. But I, I also wanted to just share something Um Uh, That just recently happened with us, uh, with one of our kids, Uh, our oldest son um, has been madly, deeply in love and has been going through some really um, heartache um, with who, uh, you know, a young lady he thought he was going to marry and uh, it got really bumpy and he just, she clearly didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And he just kept hanging on and kept hanging on. And we eventually just recently sat him down. So why are you fighting so hard? Why? I mean, she obviously wants to leave. Why can't you let her go? And he said, I'm scared to give up like dad did. And he felt like he needed to stay and fight for an unhealthy relationship because he didn't want to be like his dad who had given up. And so he was holding on to this old fear. And we had to be eyes wide open that we're seven years out, but this still affects our children and how they enter into relationships. And it can affect them in a negative way without us even knowing it in his mind. He thought it was noble to stay and fight for this person who didn't want to be with him anymore because he was trying to counteract something he saw his dad do. And so it's, it's tough. It is a tough, tough journey to navigate y'all. I mean, parenting, the parenting part is, it's messy it's scary and and uh and nobody does it perfect so we have so Mm -hmm. many other questions that we didn't even get to so we are doing this again next month and we would love for you to join us and for those of you that have been submitting the questions we're going to get to those too uh we're excited about that so student tune in the second friday of of august already and uh we'll definitely be talking more about that but uh jason yeah i mean just I love, love, love having you here. Love having this this talk with you, being able to have a tough talk in a safe place. Um, Team, everybody that's participating, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Um, We pray for you. We know this journey is rough. We know that um, there's not always a black and white answer but we do want, have one heavenly father that can answer all our questions and lead us. And even if we make a mistake and don't do the right thing, there's no mistake. That's we can right. make that God can't, can't autocorrect. He's got like this giant autocorrect button. He just, he can help us. Yeah. Yeah. He's That's just right. awesome. He's, he's, he just loves us and, and can help us navigate all of this. So any closing thoughts, babe?
2: Yeah. A couple of parting shots really quickly here. Um, I, I want to just put this on everybody's calendar. Uh, if you will, uh, August 12th, we'll do a sanctuary for the ladies at 10 AM Eastern time. Um, that'll be on the same topic. We're going to talk again about, about how, how do we do this with the kids? That'll mm-hmm. be ladies specific that day. And then the men will meet at 1 PM on the same day. Again, that's the 12th of August. Uh, it's Eastern time, 1 PM Eastern for the men for the mission brief. So lady sanctuary at 10 AM men's mission brief at 1 PM on the 12th of August, all times Eastern. So, uh, the the last parting shot for me is one thing I really gooned up is that I too had a lot of that anxiety, Carissa uh, and, and Jason about not screwing this up. And I realized that I will crumble underneath the weight of that. And, and it wasn't until a pastor basically, you know, bounced it off my head that that belongs to Christ. It, it, it doesn't belong to me. I keep trying to, to drop it at the foot of the cross and then go and smuggle it back into my life. And so it's, it's a daily surrender of that. And a lot of that has to do with my own pride, thinking that somehow, some way I can make all this right and that the sovereign king of the universe needs my help some, in some way. <laughs> it's just silly and ignorant on my part. And it, it's one of my biggest regrets. And, and it's also something I fight daily as well. Cause anytime my kids gooned up, I immediately go back to seven years ago and where I was in, in all my sin. And so, um, let me encourage everybody in that regard. So
0: I love hearing you say, when I look in the rear view mirror, I want to see not the wreckage of what I've done, but the cross. That's it. And I, yeah. yeah, I yeah. just, I
3: love that Again, model Christ
0: model Christ. It.
2: Yeah. But again, Amen. for all the folks you know that, that may be looking for, you know, where, where do we get some of this, or you know, where's some of the uh, the origins, of some of this of the speaking? Take a look at the Conquer series on the Soul Refiner platform. Take a look at Warpath on the Soul Refiner platform. Okay, if you really want to get stretched, take a look at Stronger Together. Take a look at Legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's there's four different studies there. There's a couple more to follow here. I would imagine within the next nine months, two year, we'll have two more new ones on there. And so please be on the lookout for those. Um, team, it's been such a pleasure being here today. I want to specifically thank Carissa and Jason uh, for what they've done. Of course, my beautiful wife. Thank you. <laughs> you better thank her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Love you guys.
2: Thanks. Carissa. Thank you, everyone. So let's closing in a word of prayer. We'll be on our way. So, right. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your time today that that you just set aside and and you allow us to come here, not just to be on mission um, for our our family, but mission for each other, uh, where we can stand in the gap. We can do this incredible exchange of ideas. And Lord, that only happens because you put this inside of us, Um, you know, in and of ourselves. We want revenge. We want justice for other people, never for ourselves. Um, And God, you give us a sense of, okay, how how do I do this gracefully? How do we do this with mercy and forgiveness? How do we do this in a godly way? And Lord, sometimes that ends in in, in a reconciled relationship and a redeemed marriage. Other times that ends in um, a dissolution of marriage. And God, we know you hate divorce. We also know you make provision for it. But we don't have to do that, Lord. Uh, Lord, We look to you for those answers. We look to you and the Holy Spirit to help us in those decisions. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you, team. Love
3: having you you Thank you.
0: Bye.